following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Well, good morning, church. Come on, it is Sunday. Is anybody happy to be having church at your house on a Sunday? I don't know about you, but I'm excited for church today. Hey, listen, I know you can see me and I can't see you, but here's what I know. I want you to know how much I miss every single one of you today. Uh, I wish that we were worshiping together and Lord willing, it will be very, very soon. We are taking this thing week by week. And so uh, we're just believing that the Lord's gonna help us, that we're gonna continue to progress through this COVID-19 and we're gonna be able to join together in the house of the Lord in the very near future. And today, listen, I'm really excited about diving into the Word of God, and we're going to go to a passage of Scripture that that might seem a little bit odd to you at first. So if you have your Bibles, you're welcome to follow along. It'll be there on your your TV or your your device as well. We're going to to the book of Matthew, chapter chapter 28, starting with verse number 1. And the, the Word of the Lord would read like this. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, And the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and he sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and they became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know, I know who you're looking for. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified and he's not here for he has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Welcome to church on Easter Sunday. It's not Easter Sunday, and I know that, that my text is a, a text that we would normally read on Easter Sunday, but stay with me today. I promise you we're going to go on a, on a great journey as we unpack the Word of God together today. But I want you to go back to a verse here. Verse number two, it says this, there was a violent earthquake, for the angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone, and watch this next little phrase, he rolled back the stone and he sat on it. I love that. And in my mind, y'all, I'm, I'm weird. I'm sorry. Y'all just have to, to, to just go with me a little bit today. I picture this angel. This is how I would do it, right? If I'm an angel coming down, I picture this angel with massive authority, right? Like he would walk in with his chest up in the air and his chin up. He walks in with authority. You know, like this is the man. This is an angel, majestically powerful But this angel rolls the stone away and then he sits on the stone. He didn't say a single word, but what he does speaks volumes. And so for just just a few moments today, I want to speak to you from this subject over under, over under. Some of you just leaned in on your couch like, "What, what, what are we talking about today? We're talking about over under. And I want to tell you, can, can I tell you something that makes me laugh really hard? And, and I don't know if this affects you like it does me, but it makes me laugh. And, and pastors laugh at weird stuff. And this is one of the funny things that makes me as a pastor laugh in the church environment. Are you ready? Here, 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 here we go. 
It's when, when people save seats in church, especially before, before the service. Some of you are like, people save seats in church? Like, I didn't know you were supposed to get there early. Like, I get there 30 minutes after the service starts, and I'm just praying that an usher can find me a seat. I'll sit in the bathroom. It don't Just find me a seat. But saving seats in church makes me it makes me laugh because I see it happen all, and you know who you are, and you make me laugh. And, and what's funny about it, really, here's the funny part, is for some reason, there's like this tinge of, of guilt that you feel. You know what I'm talking about? You, you feel this, this slight moment of, I'm not sure if I should be doing this or not, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it anyways. And here's how I know, here's how I know that sometimes you, you feel guilty for doing this because I'll watch you stretch like your Bible, you'll stretch your scarf, your purse. I mean, it's in the mental, middle, it's in the middle of summer and you've got a scarf. And the only reason for the scarf is to see how many seats you can save for somebody that's in the bathroom, right? Oh, they're in the bathroom. <laughs> they're, they're not in the bathroom. They're not even on the parking lot. They probably just left their house. And here's what happens. You, you lay it out and then you're headed to go get coffee. And then, then here's how I know there's a little bit of guilt is because like you'll, you'll kind of look up and you'll, you'll look around, right? You kind of dart your eyes, but then you'll keep your head down as you march, march out the back door. And it's so funny to me because we feel this this sense of guilt, but we have this desire to save a seat for something that we love. And, and my question, and really my thought through this is, is why is this so? Why, why, why do we save seats, really? And, and it's very simple. It's because where we sit matters. Where you sit matters. And I'm, I'm not just speaking physically seated, but, but I'm also speaking to where you allow your your soul, right? Your, your inner man, your inner woman to sit. And so without saying a word, this, this angel is, is passionately communicating to every one of us how much it matters where we choose to sit. And it matters where your soul settles. It matters where your soul rests and where your soul sits. So what is our soul for, for what we're talking about here on this Sunday? Our soul is, it's our mind, right? It's our, it's our will, it's our emotions, it's the, the inner being of who God created us to be. And, and if you read the, the pages of scripture, all throughout scripture, you will see so many different passages and, and ways that, that people would, would sit in the Bible, right? There would be so many, there's so many scriptures and places where, where people sat, God was seated on the throne and Jesus sat down and, and Jonah sat under. And, and I don't believe that, that all of these are extremely relevant to what we're talking about, but, but I do think there is an instance when the Bible talks about people Sitting, but not just the fact that they sat, but it also it gets really interesting when the Bible shares with us where they sat. Where they sat. Take, for example, 1 Kings chapter 19. It says that Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. Can you imagine this? And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, and while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, now, now stay with me here, he came to a, a broom bush, and he sat down under it. And watch what he prayed. He prayed 
that he might die. And now, now understand, this wasn't just him physically taking a seat, but his soul sat here as well. His soul was sitting under this broom bush, so much so that the Bible lets us in on, on the fact that there were some suicidal thoughts going on here. It wasn't just his, his backside sitting down. It was his mindset and his emotions and his will. Everything about him took a seat under this broom bush. And there's so much to unpack here. And for the sake of time, I, I'm not going to be able to dive into it. But I do want to bring this, this little point to life here about this broom bush. Do you, know, do you know where the broom bush thrives? This is so interesting. A broom bush thrives and grows in extremely dry desert regions. And this is so symbolic. And it's no coincidence that where he allowed, listen, where he allowed himself to sit, where he allowed himself to sit under, he entered into a very dry and desert season in his life, a place where perhaps he was thirsty, but he couldn't get the sustenance that he needed to move on and to carry on to sustain him in life because his mind sat in the wrong place. And it would force him to say this in verse number four, take my life. I am no longer better than my, I'm not even better than my, I'm no better than them. Take my life. All because he let his mind sit in a place that it should have never sat. And ladies and gentlemen, you and I, on this Sunday, listen, we've got to be very aware of where we allow our soul to take a seat. We've got to make sure that our souls are not sitting in places that they shouldn't be because it will lead us down a path that we never intended to go down. And after reading these, these first two stories from the word of God that we've, we've just read, I, I'm, I'm wondering if you caught the difference the way that I did. Let me share with you uh, today, one of them sat under and one sat on. One sat under and one sat over, over, under. And I, I want to point something out to you in this moment. See, in the original translation, I don't want this to, to just go in one ear and out the other. You've got to catch this. In the original translation, the Greek word for the angel sat on, the word on there, when he sat on the stone, it means this. It means above. It means beyond. It means more than. So, so this angel could have, have done anything. He could have strolled in and just hovered over the stone, rolled it away and just kind of levitated over the stone. But, but that's not what he did at all. The angel chose to sit on the stone. What did he say? He sat on the stone. What did he sit on? He, the angel sat on the very thing. You got to catch this today. He sat on the very thing that the devil tried to stop Jesus with. What did he sit on? He, he sat on the very thing that the enemy tried to use to hold Jesus back from accomplishing his purpose. 
Wow, this is what the angel chose to sit on. He sat on the very thing that was trying to hold Jesus back. I don't know about you, but that hit me so strong in study over this last week. This was a, a statement piece that the angel was making. It reminds me of a story that I've heard. I know Pastor Johnson has told this story numerous times, but it's so fitting for what we're talking about today. It reminds me of the story of that, that donkey that fell into the well. You remember this story? The donkey hewed and, and hauled for a few hours and the farmer tried to figure out how he was gonna rescue the donkey out of the well and finally the farmer gave up. He said, man, the, the donkey's old and this, this well is really old too, so well, I don't know what to do. And so finally he invited his friends over and he said, listen, I got some shovels. We're just gonna, we're gonna fill in this well. We're gonna, this, this, we're gonna be done with this. This is an awful situation needs to be covered up. And so each one of his friends grabbed a shovel and they all grabbed some dirt in their shovel and they began shoveling dirt into the well. And, and, and at first the donkey didn't realize what was going on. But after a few shovel loads later, the, the farmer finally looks down into the well and he was, he was surprised, very astonished at, at what, he would, what he would see in this well, see with, with each shovel of dirt that hit the back of the donkey. The donkey would, would respond with, with this amazing thing. The donkey, he would have the dirt hit him, he would shake it off and he would step up on the dirt that was just thrown on his back. And as the farmer's neighbors, this is such a great story, continued to shovel dirt on top of the back of the donkey, he would shake it off and take a step up. Pretty soon, you, you know where this story's going. Pretty soon, everyone was amazed as the donkey stepped up over the edge of the well and just walked out. He, he shook off and stepped up of what the enemy was throwing against him time and time again. And I wanna ask you this question today. What has the enemy tried to roll in front of you? What, what has the enemy tried to roll? What, what circumstance are you facing? What, what employment issue are you currently dealing with? What financial struggle is in the back of your mind? What relationship issue can you just not forget about? What is it? What is that thing that the devil is trying with everything that is in his power to roll in front of you, to hinder you from accomplishing your purpose here? on earth what is it for you and no matter what it is no matter what that thing is and it's different for most of us we all have have that thing for us but either way no matter what it is you and I both have a decision to make you got to hear me closely today you can either sit under your circumstances or you can sit on top and over your circumstances, but you can't do both, over or under, and the choice is yours. And so what the enemy meant for defeat became a seat 
Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but that fires me up on a Sunday. I don't know what the enemy is throwing against you. I don't know what he's got blocking your way, but I wonder if somebody today sitting on your couch, sitting in your living room, could allow what the enemy meant for defeat to be a seat in your life, and you make a statement that says, not today, Satan. You will not win today. Come on, I wonder if anybody in your living room would get with me and get on the same page and say, no, 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 I choose to sit over and on top of my circumstances. See, we're, I've learned this along the journey and it's so simple, but, but where you sit doesn't only affect you. It impacts and affects a lot of people around you. Watch what 2 Kings chapter 10, verse 30 would say that the Lord said to Jehu, because you have done well, Jehu, in accomplishing what is right in my eyes and have done to the house of Ahab, all that I have had in mind, this is very important, watch, this is power, your descendants, Jehu, your descendants will sit on the throne of Israel for four generations. Come on, that is so powerful today. Jehu, because you made decisions, because you made choices, you, th there's gonna be people four generations deep that are gonna be blessed. They're gonna sit on the throne because of the decisions and because of the choices that you made along the way. Your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids are going to be impacted by the choices that you have made. And so listen, church member, listen, listen, sir, listen, man, because you have made the decision to sow into the kingdom of God your first fruits, to tithe into the kingdom of God. Can I, can I just step out in faith that there's gonna be generations beneath your line, right, your lineage that are gonna be impacted because of your decisions. Mom and dad, because you've made the, the hard decision to live like nobody else. You're eating rice and beans and that's it right now because you, you've made a decision that we're gonna get debt free. Can I tell you that decision is gonna impact generations to come because of your choices that you're making right now. Let's get back to saving seats. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a moment. You, you know, the other thing that makes me laugh about saving seats, and not, this is not just in church, but this is anywhere that you see seat saving taking place. And once again, it doesn't matter if it's at a church, a concert, a sporting event, but saving seats is never really that big of a deal if you're the one saving the seat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Are you with me? Like, it's not a big deal if you're the one saving the seat, but... But, but if someone is saving seats that you think are empty and you're like, man, come on, babe, we're gonna get these amazing seats. And you walk up, there's one guy and a whole row is empty, but you walk up and there, there are 47 Bibles laid out, right? Like they just became super Christian in this moment. 88 by like you, there's no way you even invited this many people. It couldn't even, it's not even possible, but you're saving that. And they, they look at you and they say, I'm sorry, this seat's taken. 
You, you're ready to just punch somebody in the face. See, when you're the one saving the seats, it doesn't really matter. But when somebody looks at you and say, I'm sorry, this seat's taken, <laughs> it's a game changer, isn't it? This seat is taken. And I, I'm no psychologist, I'm not, but, but you understand that, that you have three aspects to your brain and I wanna share them with you for just a moment. The first one is the, the survival part of your brain. Anybody breathing? Good, that part is working. You're doing really well, congratulations. The second is the logical part of your brain to which some of you are elbowing, my husband ain't got that, that's okay. God's still working on him. We're not talking about that one right now, okay? We're gonna move on to the third one. And the third one is the one that I wanna break down for just a few moments today. It is the emotional brain. You, you actually have this aspect of your brain that decides where your emotions are gonna take a seat. In fact, it's called the seat of emotions. It has a name called the seat of emotions. Our brains are constantly in this battle. Do I punch that guy that is saving the seats or do I just move quietly to another seat? This is the, 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 just this constant issue that our brain is dealing with. And, and I love when, when science realizes and catches on that what the Bible has been saying for years and years and years, they finally are getting on board and saying, oh, you know what? They're proving that it's right. Of course it's right. But watch what Philippians 4 and 6 says. This is beautiful. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, watch, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, we get to decide where our emotions, where our souls, where our thoughts, where our minds are going to sit. And it would be why Paul in 2 Corinthians would say that take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ because we gotta get a hold of our thoughts. We gotta get a hold of this seat of emotions. So I wanna give you something that you can walk out now on Monday and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, right? So when, when fear, listen, when, when you're sitting there and fear comes knocking at the door, you're, you're sitting at the end of the row and fear strolls up and says, hey, um, I think I'm gonna take a seat right here next to you. Come on, I wonder if somebody in the house would have what it takes to allow the Spirit of God to rise up from the inside of you and look fear right in the eyes and say, I'm sorry, fear, but, but this seat is taken. Only joy can reside here. Only peace can reside here. This seat is taken. I wonder, I wonder what it would look like if you began to get control of your emotions, this seat of emotions and say, no, 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 no. You will not pull up a chair next to me. You don't belong next to me. No, no, no. I choose to sit over and on top of my circumstances. Wow. This seat Anxiety, no, 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 you can't sit next to me, anxiety. I got the peace that passes all understanding is sitting in this seat. In fact, every emotion that is not of God, every thought that is not of God, you cannot have a seat next to me. This seat is taken. 
if you've been around church for any length of time, you will be extremely familiar with this next passage of scripture that we're gonna dive into. But maybe, maybe you're new on this journey with Jesus and we welcome you. It's the greatest journey that you will ever go on in your life. And I wanna give you a little bit of insight into one of the most famous parables throughout the word of God. So stay with me. I wanna read it to you in its entirety so that you have the clarity of what we're gonna talk about. Luke chapter 15 starts with verse 11. It's the story of the prodigal son. See, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divides his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had. He set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, I love this, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, but here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And I want you to catch this. The Bible says this in verse 20, so he got up and he went to his father. He finds himself sitting in a pig pen, coming to his senses, knowing full well that he doesn't belong to be sitting in a pig pen. And I wonder how many of us today, under the sound of my voice, maybe watching on YouTube or on Facebook or on a podcast, listening to it right now, I wonder how many of us choose to sit in our own pig pen, whatever, whatever that is for you, knowing full well that you don't belong. You don't belong sitting in that pig pen. You don't belong to be sitting underneath your circumstances but we do it time and time again. And why is it that we, we seem to find ourselves in this situation? It's pretty simple, really. It's because it seems easier to sit under when we don't know what the outcome of the over is gonna look like. Hey, what, what's gonna happen? Is daddy gonna love me? If I, what, what if he rejects me? I, I don't know. I've made so many bad choices. I think I'm just gonna continue to sit under my circumstances because I don't know what could happen if I get up and go back to the father's house. I don't know what the over is gonna look like. I know what the under is and it's awful, but, but I'm just so scared of what the over could be that I'm not sure that, that I need. I'm just gonna sit here under my circumstances. Have you ever been to an airport? 
That's a pretty dumb question. I, th- I think most of us have probably been to an airport, but, but I want you to imagine with me because this scenario has played out for me multiple times where, where you've already checked your luggage in, you've gone through security, and now you're waiting at the gate when all of a sudden you hear over the loud intercom speaker. And if you're, if you're like me, you, this is not a good thing, right? Okay, you, you hear over the intercom, uh, is, there, is there a Mr. Brad Wilkinson in the terminal? Mr. Wilkinson, if you're seated in the terminal, would you please come see the, the flight attendant up here at the desk? Thank you. And all the, what happens? What do we do? I'm th- oh, dear heavenly Lord, they have oversold this flight. I'm going to be stuck here for a year. This is awful. And so here I go. I don't want to be seen. So I'm going, you know, you go up to the desk only to find out. You're like, yes, ma'am. Uh, st- why, why did you pick me on this oversold flight? But much, much to my surprise, what do they say instead? Say, sir, Mr. Wilkinson, we, um, we would like to upgrade you to first class, me? You, you, you wanna upgrade me to first? I, I thought you was gonna try to kick me off the flight because I did, somebody else made the grade, but not, but you're gonna upgrade me to first class? Well, all right, thank you very much. And, and I've had it play out where I'm sitting in the terminal and I've been upgraded to first class. I've had it happen where I am sitting in my coach seat, I'm just sitting there and the flight attendant walks up and says, excuse me, sir, um, would you like to be bumped up to first class? And I'm like, well, that sounds great, but how much it costs? There's a reason I'm sitting in the coach, okay? If I, if I could sit in first class, I would have. No, 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 sir, it's, there's no charge. <laughs> I'm not asking you to pay for it. I, we've just got some seats available and I would like to extend this, this opportunity to you. No charge at all. We just, we just wanna upgrade you to first class. I've had it happen on multiple occasions, y'all, and I'm like, well, I guess if you're talking to me. And, but, but, but we always ask this question, right? What, what is required of me? Like, what, how, how much? What, what, what do you need? What's the catch? And you know what was required of me to be upgraded to first class? All right, this is so simple. This is so goofy. You're gonna laugh at me. All I had to do was stand up from where I'm sitting and move. The, the invitation was already extended. All I had to do was be willing to stand up from where I was sitting. That, that was all that was required of me is to just stand up. Back to our story, the young man finds himself in a pig pen and he finally comes to the realization and makes this choice that I don't belong where I'm sitting. I don't belong sitting under my circumstances any longer. I belong with my father. And verse 20 says this. I love how the word of God comes to life. It says that he got up. And he goes to his father, but it gets so much better than that. Watch this. The Bible says that while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming and was filled with compassion for him. And he runs to his son. He throws his arms around his boy and he kisses him. 
And the son would tell his dad, dad, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But guess what daddy did? Daddy said, hey, 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 go, go bring the best robe that we've got in this house. And I want you to put it on my boy. Go get a ring, find some Doc Martin sandals and put it on his feet. Bring me the best. Go kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. Because my son has come home. He who was lost has been found. It is time to celebrate. What an amazing upgrade that was waiting on this prodigal son. What, what an amazing upgrade was waiting on this son. And, and, and I'm telling you, the upgrade that God has for you doesn't require much of you. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't get good enough. All you have to do is say, you know what? I'm sick and tired of sitting underneath my circumstances. I'm going to make a choice today to stand up from where I am. That's all that's required required of you to get on top, to be where God wants you to be. He's got an upgrade waiting for somebody today that's so much better than where you're currently living and what you're currently experiencing. There's one who has been searching and waiting on you to make a decision, to make a choice that will not just affect you, but it will affect your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. And he's ready to put the finest robe. He's ready to put some Doc Martens on you and give you a ring and throw a party for you. He's got it all ready. He's got the upgrade ready. There is, guess what? There is a seat at his table. You you don't belong in the pig pen. You belong at the table of the Father. And I wonder, listen today, I don't know what it is that you're walking through. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're sitting under today, but I've come to preach to you on this Sunday that today is the day that you stand up and you say, God, I'm done sitting underneath where I'm supposed to be living. And today, all you have to do, listen, you have to stand up and accept the upgrade. That's all it, all you have to do is stand up and say, yes, Lord, I accept whatever it is that you have for me. And I'm telling you, the plans and the purposes that our God has for your life is so much greater than anything that you can dream up on your own. And here's what I know as we close and I pray for you today. Here, here's what I know about your odds with God is that if you will give him the opportunity, he'll upgrade your seat every single time. So maybe you're sitting on your couch today. Maybe, maybe you're at the kitchen table with your family. Maybe you're all by yourself. But only you know what it is that you've been sitting in lately, what you've been sitting underneath. Your husband may not know, your wife may not know, your kids probably don't know, your boss, your friends, they probably don't know, but today is the day, listen to me. Today is the day when you choose to say, God, I choose to stand up and accept the upgrade 
I choose to stop living under my circumstances. And just like the angel did that day when he rolled away the stone, he sat on top of the thing that was trying to keep the Lord from his purpose. And I'm telling you today, God's got an upgrade for you. Would you bow your heads with me? Let me pray over you as we close today. Lord, we love you. God, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the individuals under the sound of my voice today, no matter what platform they're watching on right now, your presence is real and it's tangible in this room. And I know that it's tangible in their homes, in their living rooms and in their kitchens right now. And some of us are coming to the realization that I've got to get control of my emotions. I've got to get control of my seat of emotions and and get all of this figured out. I, I got to stop sitting underneath my circumstances and I'm ready to get on top of this. And Lord, they're coming to the realization right now that all they, all that's required of them It's not more, it's not being a better person, Lord. We can't earn all that we have to do is be willing to say, I'm tired of where I am. I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna accept the upgrade. An upgraded life with Jesus is better than any life that I could come up with on my own. So Lord, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice. Maybe they're making a commitment to you for the very first time to surrender their life to you. God, I pray right now that you would give them the courage and the faith to make that decision. Come on, if you're making that choice today, would you let us know in the comment section? Come on, would you let us know that you're making Jesus the Lord of your life? And I'm telling you, you will never regret it. There is so much more for you. A life with Jesus is the greatest life that you could ever live. Come on, once you sow your life into the kingdom of God, You can be water baptized. You can be spirit baptized. The journey is endless and it's so great for you. We love you. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. And we'll see you soon.